it should be illegal to hear the following phrase uttered with the surrounding context of a college football game, and I quote, Cal choked the matchup to USC, end of quote. That's exactly what happened. USC won 50-49 to over the California Golden Bears because Cal went for two at the end and failed. Cal had four turnovers to USC's one. USC had a five-minute possession advantage. And USC started off the game with a 10-0 lead. All those things were true, and yet with 14, 13, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Cal led 43-29. to absolute entertaining back and forth classic Pac-12 or dare I say Big 12 matchup reminiscent of some of Lincoln Riley's games at Oklahoma where the Sooners and whether it's Texas Tech whether it's Kansas State or these other opponents Texas in 2018 teams going back and forth and putting 40 burgers on top of each other um, Alex Grinch's defense only didn't suffer a loss because California's three and five, one and four, and Washington's defense really limited California's offense until the second half. So the Golden Bears are not good. Wilcox might be fired, but I digress. This isn't a USC versus Cal reaction video. This is something different. Obviously, at the end of the season, it's not a if it's a when statement, Lincoln Riley is going to have to fire Alex Grinch because Alex Grinch is, let's face it, incompetent. He can't do his job. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we resume this video, please hit that like button so we can get this video into the algorithm and out there to all USC fans or college football fans who want to see USC return to their glory days. USC football is in fact a blue blood, and the expectations of this program are sky high, as they should be. And part of me wouldn't be surprised to see the Coliseum somewhat empty, even though the Trojans have a big matchup against Washington, because that's how the interest level in USC football fluctuates and that's what made Pete Carroll such a great head coach is he knew how to keep interest high and also he knew how to put together a complete football team one more thing please subscribe to this channel and click the notification bell so you can get notified when I talk more about the USC Trojans and other current or future Big Ten teams the reason I'm talking about USC so much this season is a this team is very interesting they're fascinating I, I've ripped them several times in past videos, but they won, the offense came alive, and at this point, I'm pretty sure everyone and their ancestors and descendants who haven't been conceived yet know instinctively that Alex Grinch is going to be axed on November 19th. So subscribe and click the notification bell so that you can stay up to date on my college football content. Comment who you think should be USC's next defensive coordinator and if Lincoln Riley will be the head coach next year, as I still am hearing the rumors that he may not be. But 
whatever. And lastly, check out my Patreon page via the link in the description so you can get my power rankings prediction projection for USC versus Washington, future USC games, and also for every Power 5 matchup in college football. That is if you were an All-American or Heisman member, if my Patreon. If you just want to support the channel, join us in all-conference. It's only $5 a month. The link to that will be down in the description. But let's get back to the topic of this video. USC's defense. How bad can USC's defense possibly be? How bad can it possibly be? Well, I will tell you. Last year, USC's defense allowed 29.2 points per game, which was 94th in America out of 131 FBS teams. This year, USC's defense is allowing 32.6. 32.6 points per game. That's 112th of 133 FBS football teams. There are group of five schools with a tenth of the talent that have a more cohesive and more disciplined defense than USC. USC's defense against Cal was flexing and drawing unsportsmanlike penalties when you've allowed 43 points to an offense that would get shut out by Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Rutgers would dominate that offense. Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, these are future Big Ten teams. Cal would have no business competing with even middle-of-the-road Big Ten teams that probably could have a losing record if they were playing in the SEC West instead of the Big Ten West. Your defense, if you're Lincoln Riley, is dog sweat. More accurately, it's dog poop. I cannot watch USC's defense whatsoever. USC is 80th in opponent yards per play. Every time USC's opponent snaps the football, they gain 5.7 yards. So in t on average, every two opponent plays, USC's opponent gains a first down. In the statistic that I think is the most valuable... Team opponent points per play. USC is all the way down at 94th, allowing 0.441 points per play on defense. In fact, I don't know if there is any team currently who averages in total more than 0.4 points per play offensively outside of, I believe, the Michigan Wolverines. There's been a lot of struggling offenses this season, like Washington, Ohio State teams that I thought would have the two best offenses in America in the preseason. They've been inconsistent. Oregon has had some moments where they go on long drives but go for it on fourth down. That doesn't reflect well on points per play. Um, Georgia, though, they're a team that I think is going to rise in that statistic. But anyway, statistically and through the eye test, USC's defense is trash. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. And I don't consider myself a genius, but I figured out the minute I watched the San Jose State game, yup, this defense sucks. And there, was, there were moments against Nevada, moments against Colorado in the first half, 
where it looked otherwise. But those were just moments. Consistently, this defense is garbage. The car, make an analogy here, the car is totaled. It's broken. And it all starts with the driver. In this case, for an accurate analogy, the buzz driver being Alex Grinch. If you're a car dealership and you want your cars, this is a terrible analogy probably, but if you want your cars to stay safe, you cannot let this man drive your car no longer. You can't do it. A more appropriate analogy is if you are a trucking business, you cannot let this man drive your truck. He will crash it. That is very clear. So what's USC's future, both in the short term and in the long term? I'm going to read a, a beautiful article that I found just browsing about this topic from trojanswire.usatoday.com. I will link it down below in the description, and I will link it down below in a comment as well, suggesting a multitude, a plethora of top choices for Lincoln Riley's new defensive coordinator. If Grinch isn't fired, I don't I don't know what to tell you other than USC is going to get destroyed in their opening few seasons in the Big Ten. I mean, if if Grinch stays, USC will look like Michigan under Rich Rodriguez. It, it will be it will be hideous to watch them play games. And I, and Lincoln Riley, I think, is a great head coach. So I don't think he's going to make the mistake of keeping around Alex Grinch, even if he views Grinch as a good friend. He can't afford it for the the future of his coaching history, tenure, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't benefit him or his career. It doesn't. Um, and I think Riley will make that appropriate move. USC has Washington, Oregon, and UCLA left on their 2023 schedule. Oregon has an elite offense and a great defense. UCLA has a near elite defense an above-average offense, Washington. Washington is basically like Oregon, except they're more inconsistent. They have a higher ceiling, in my mind, Washington does, on both offense and defense than Oregon does, but they also have probably an even lower floor in comparison. It's very strange. Um, despite the fact, sneak preview for a future Top 10 video that I'm going to be doing in probably two days, I think Oregon is a better team than Washington. I just think Washington has the better coaching staff and the more experienced head coach. And Kalen DeBoer knew when to go for it on fourth down, knew how to drop the correct plays, and Oregon being on the road, I think, got too aggressive for their own good. But that's a topic for another video. With how this defense has performed, and also the offense kind of you know, finding ways. It's like the offense falls asleep, and then once they drool and they feel that drool come out of their mouth, they wake right back up. They're still second in the nation in points um, per, per game scored. Caleb Williams is still an elite quarterback. Marshawn Lloyd, he, he impresses me the more he touches the ball. Phenomenal running back. Austin Jones is good. Taj Washington transferred in from Memphis. If my memory serves me correctly, he's a player who I'm rooting for, you know, starting off at a smaller school, lesser known recruit. And he's, you know, trained himself and been developed into a great wide receiver. Um, USC's offense is nearly, it's great, but I think a lot of their points are gimmick. 
if I'm being honest, watching how they play on offense, I think an elite defense would shut down this offense or very quickly disrupt it. And I think we saw that against Notre Dame when they played to their ceiling. Washington did something very similar with some of USC's points being off of a pick six. I think the Trojans are going seven and five, eight and four. If USC lost um, yesterday's game, they would be going six and six, no question about it. I think the team would have potentially totally quit. What yesterday's win shows in an encouraging way, what it shows is that this team hasn't given up. Caleb Williams hasn't given up, even though he looked like he did after Utah. And I don't think Lincoln Riley has given up. The problem is this defense is horrid. And Washington, elite O-line. Oregon, elite O-line. UCLA, you know, not elite offensive line, but Chip Kelly's lines of scrimmage have been good dating back to Oregon. They're getting better ever since he's been at UCLA, and they're, you know, pretty fast, nimble, and they have a good ground game with Carson Steele. I have a hard time seeing this defense um, stopping any of these teams, especially the Ducks, seeing that it's on the road, and I think Oregon has a more balanced attack. I expect Washington and Oregon to just run through, to run to run at the speed of Usain Bolt running on a treadmill that's, like, assisting him. So not a treadmill, that is, but, like, I don't even know what the term is. Kind of like an escalator, but he's running up, so he's going even faster, like an assisted Usain Bolt. That's what Washington and Oregon's offense will look like against USC's defense. So who can be hired? Who can fix this defense take the highly talented, good players on this defense, and fix it. Well, for starters, and the article, I'm, I'm not going to read it, the whole thing for you, but the article spits out some names. It spits out Dave Aranda, anticipating that maybe he doesn't like the head coaching gig, or Baylor fires him. Dave Aranda would be an excellent hire. He should be called. John Heacock from Iowa State. That's kind of the, if you can't beat him, join him hire, or if you can't beat him, hire him. John Heacock's defenses did a great job of limiting Lincoln Riley's offenses. However, Lincoln Riley, with his, you know, air raid spread, the style of offense that he wants to run, has employed a 3-3-5 defense. So I've looked at coordinators. Jim Leonard, I think, is obvious because He's currently a analyst at Illinois. You won't have to, like, compete for the school that he's at. And Jim Leonard also, you know, now he knows Illinois football. He's been at Wisconsin. You know, he, he's kind of a safe hire, but he's also, when I say safe, I don't mean that in a lame way. I mean that he also has a lot of upside to him. Like, that's probably the best hire that you could look at. And Leonard, he, I mean, at, at Wisconsin from 2017 to 2022, he even has some head coaching experience. So you get a little bit of, you know, game management and his leadership has been tested. I imagine that experience will help him grow. I think he's going to be a future head coach at some point. He also played in the NFL for several years, years despite being undrafted, All-American in college. Great player at both the college and professional level, and a great coach. That, that That's a rare, rare 
find. Comparison, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart were not great college or NFL players. No disrespect to them. They're, you know, currently number one, number two in their realm of head coach. But Leonard, I think, would be an absolute steal. In 2017, Wisconsin was third in scoring defense. They were 34th in scoring defense in 2018, 10th in scoring defense in 2019, 9th in 2020. 4th in 2021, and I think Wisconsin led the nation that year in yards allowed per game. Georgia was number one in scoring defense, but Wisconsin was number one in total defense that year. And 17th in 2022 in points allowed per game. And they had to face Ohio They had to face Ohio State that year, and Jim Leonard lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. That's the thing about at Wisconsin because the portal didn't exist, and also because Paul Crist was more of a developmental coach, more old school, quote-unquote, um, they couldn't reload every year. USC's defense, with their recruiting, has the talent to reload every year. And I guarantee you, Leonard, if you give him some other assistance or maybe let him pick some assistance on defense and some great recruiters, he can find talent to where USC can reload yearly on defense. Because imagine... A Lincoln-Riley offense paired with an elite defense. Imagine that. Some will say it's impossible. It's not. You can have an elite offense and an elite defense. You can. Look at Georgia in 2022. Elite offense, elite defense. They just slept slept walked through much of their schedule, so they didn't look as impressive as they probably could have made themselves look. Todd Monken... And then Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp. I mean, that that is an excellent coordinator duo. USC can have that. Another name that I would look at, Tony White for Nebraska. Nebraska right now has one of the better defenses in all of college football. And some will say that's heresy. But Nebraska is ninth, ninth in opponent yards per play allowed, allowing only 4.3 yards per play as opposed to USC's 5.7. And in terms of points per play, Nebraska is 21st. They're allowing 0.268 opponent points per play, which is just crazy. And then when it comes to defensive passing efficiency, they're 22nd, allowing an average defensive passer rating of 116.67. I have to click on other tabs to find USC's defensive passer rating allowed. It's not even inside of the top 100. Um, it's 107th nationally, allowing a 144.37 passer efficiency rating. Drew Aller from Penn State, he struggled. You put Penn State's offense against USC's defense, uh, Drew Aller will immediately look like 2019 Joe Burrow. Again, defense is an absolute nightmare. And Nebraska held Purdue to 14, held Northwestern to 9, while the offense only scored 17 against Northwestern, and 31, including a late score against Purdue. The defense limited Shadur Sanders before turnovers just blew up the defense. Um, Held Minnesota to 13, limited Louisiana Tech, Northern Illinois, blown out by Michigan, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that Nebraska's offense couldn't, you know, chew a ton of clock and put points on the board, and also Michigan has an elite offense. Tony White... He runs a 3-3-5. Three, three, 
So there's not as much proven experience in the same way for Jim Leonard when it comes to Big Ten football, but I actually think Tony White would be a better fit given the fact that he runs a 3-3-5 defense, and USC and Lincoln Riley are going to want to run a 3-3-5 defense. Tony White has been doing that at Syracuse with full control under head coach Dino Babers, and he's doing it at Nebraska. That'd be a steal for USC to get Tony White. A Mike Tressel runs a 3-3-5-2-4-5 at Wisconsin. It's another name to look out for. Will Muschamp, Pete Golding. Muschamp, elite defensive coordinator, great recruiter. Pete Golding, he didn't run a 3-3-5. However, Golding was the defensive coordinator for Alabama teams when they were wanting to become sort of Lincoln-Riley-esque on offense, where, you know, they run the spread, the air raid. Nick Saban's moved away from that. Golding's now the D.C. at Ole Miss, and he's improved their defense. And finally, Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson is a defensive mind. He helped Texas improve their defense and familiarity. Gary Patterson and Lincoln Riley know each other. The Trojans have to hit the nail on the head. That's what I meant to say. They have to, well, they have to nail this coordinator hire in order to have a strong 2024 season. Sorry for that mix up there. If they don't get this coordinator hire right, it could be, it could be disastrous to be quite frank, because Alex Grinch, the defense has, in my mind, a lot of it's due to the schedule, but USC hasn't played Washington or Oregon yet. Utah's offense is extremely limited. Notre Dame's offense is very boomer bust. They haven't played the two best offenses on their schedule yet. And the defense has already regressed compared to last year. I mean, can you imagine how bad this defense would have been how badly USC would have gotten blown out by Utah if Cameron Rising and Brant Cuthy were healthy. Can you imagine that? It's just absolutely, it's nuts. I thought that USC's defense was going to regress, partially because their schedule, statistically, compared to last season, it's regressed even worse than I expected. Um, Even if USC goes 10-2, and which they very likely won't, I was going to say they won't, but you never know. Lincoln Riley had two losses in 2020. It looked like everything was going to fall apart, and then they galvanized and won out, and their 2020 team, I think, was better than their 19 team or 2021 team um, for Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there. But anyway, they have to nail this hire, because if they don't, Penn State's going to run on you, Michigan's going to run on you, Ohio State will run on you, uh, the entirety of the Big Ten will have fun with you when you enter their stadium, and then they will use you as a sounding board to pad statistics and make their quarterbacks look better than they actually are. There has to be change. I think USC fans agree with me from ones I've listened to and ones I've looked at in the comments for their thoughts. Thank you to my Patreon supporters for sponsoring this channel. I want to give a shout-out to Spencer Bringhurst, Noah DDLC, and SFS Inverted, my All-American patrons. Also, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, and Chris Lane, my All-Conference patrons. Check out my Patreon page via the link in the description, and have an amazing day, guys. I know that right now, for me, it's past 10, but for Trojans and for other Pac-12 fans, it's 7, 8 p.m. right now. So 
Have a great night.